All right. Well, hello, Antioch. I am excited to be with you today. You might be wondering why in the world do we have balloons and Krispy Kreme donuts with the strawberry icing and the sprinkles? It's because today is a day to celebrate. At the beginning of the year, we learned that one of the secrets of joy was having a hallelujah anyhow mindset. And what that means is there are going to be hard things in all of our lives that seek to rob our joy, that are very difficult, very challenging. And yet, because of Jesus, we have things to be thankful for. We have things to be able to say hallelujah, even in the anyhow, even in the things that aren't so great, we have some reasons to say hallelujah and to rejoice. Now, when I shared that sermon with you in January, I had no idea how much we would need that hallelujah anyhow mindset this year. And this has been a year where the anyhows have been quite large, but we also have some reason today to say hallelujah. Today is a day of celebration. You may be like, well, what are we, what are we celebrating, Zach? What are, we, what are we getting excited about? Well, I want to take you into a scripture in Ephesians chapter 2 that's going to frame what we're celebrating today. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 14, the Apostle Paul writes about what Jesus has done, what his incarnation, his life, his ministry, his death and his resurrection, what it has accomplished. And he says this, for he himself is our peace, that Jesus is our peace. He who has made the two groups one. When he's talking about two groups here, he's talking about two different ethnic groups, Jew and Gentile, that Jesus has brought them together. And it says that he destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulation. His purpose, you get this, was to create in himself one new humanity. So Jesus is bringing people together. He's building a new humanity called the church. And he says, through this new humanity, he was making peace. And in one body, he was reconciling both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So Jesus has brought us into the household of God. He's made us a part of God's family. He's made the church a new humanity. He's made the church a household for the Lord part of God's family. And that household is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. In him, Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. So what's he saying? He's saying this. He's saying that Jesus has birthed a new humanity called the church. And this church is the household of God, is the family of God that we've been brought into the family of God. And this church is, and it's being built into a home for the Lord's presence, for the Lord's spirit, a dwelling place for the Lord and a home for humanity. That is a place for people to come together and be knit together, reconciled, made into a new humanity. Jesus is building his church into a home, a home for him, and a home for humanity. 
And we believe that this isn't something that he's just doing in the global church uh, all around the world or just doing in the historical church. If you look at the church back through time, but that this is something that Jesus is doing in our church, that he is at work in our midst and he is building us into a home for his presence and a home for humanity. The way we say that around here is that we're building a community. We're raising up a community. We're being a community of sons and daughters who encounter Jesus, practice his ways, and build his kingdom. Sons and daughters is that relational feel that we've been brought into the family of God, and we've been brought into relationship with one another. And in this household, we're a people who encounter Jesus. Because Jesus is the bread of life. He's the one who makes life worth living. And we're a people who practice his ways, that we want to orient our lives around his presence, around his teachings, around his values, because we know when we do that, our lives are filled with life. That we grow one image of the Bible because we grow strong and vibrant like oak trees. And we want to be about building his kingdom. We realize that, that there's more to do than just my life and what I need to do today, but that God is building his kingdom and he's wanting to transform people's lives. and He's wanting to express the glory of his name and we want to enter into that. So we want to be sons and daughters who encounter Jesus, practice his ways and build his kingdom. And that's the church that we believe that God is building here in our midst. And he is at work and he has invited us to be a part of that work. That we have a meaningful part to play, a meaningful contribution in the house or the home the Lord is building here in the church. And in my neighborhood this summer, there have been several houses where people have been tearing one house down and building another or doing remodeling. And so I feel like all summer long, I've seen one remodeling project or one building project after Another, And I think that idea of a house being built, a building project, is such a good picture for us to think about the church with, right? The house it is, we are sons and daughters who encounter Jesus' practice ways and build his kingdom. But we are also being built into sons and daughters who encounter Jesus, practice his ways, and build his kingdom. And last year, uh, we focused as a church family on one particular room in the house that we believe Jesus is building here. We focused in on the room that I refer to and you refer to as the kitchen. Now, what happens in the kitchen in my house? Imagine it happens in your house. That is the place where food is prepared. That is the place where serving happens. That's the place where we're training our kids to serve because you got to get out dishes and the drinks and the food, and then you have to clean them up and put them up. It's a place of serving. It's a place of food preparation. It's a place of joy in life, but we're learning to serve there. And over this last year, we've been in an initiative called Prepare the Feast, aptly fitting the room of the kitchen, right? Prepare the Feast, where we as a church have been coming together to focus on three goals, all related to serving, that we wanted to bring our spiritual gifts together on teams to serve our city. We wanted to grow as servants. We wanted to practice his ways and grow as people who serve with the gifts and the talents and the strengths that God has given us. 
And so all this last year as a church, we've been talking about serving. We've been encouraging people to serve. We've been uh, serving together. And I want to share with you today some of the things that the Lord has done over the last year as we've worked together on this room of the house here, on this kitchen as we've worked together. Uh, One of our goals in this Prepare the Feast initiative was to help people identify their spiritual gifts, to help people identify the giftings and talents and strengths that God has given them. And so we've taught on it. We've talked a lot about it. We've encouraged people in this. We even put together a process to help people identify their spiritual gifts. A hundred of you went through that particular process in your discovery journey. And that's really exciting to think about people identifying their gifts because we won't know what we have to serve with until we know what we have, right? And as we've done that, the Lord has moved in people's lives and shown them things about themselves and positioned them uh, in maybe even unexpected ways for incredible impact as we sought to serve and to serve out of the place of our giftings. And so I want to share with you one story right now from Brad and Ashley Walcher and the journey that the Lord has had them on as a part of our community this last year and some unexpected ways that they've seen their gifts and talents and strengths being used to serve others and bring the Lord glory. Hi, I'm Brad. And I'm Ashley. And like many of you, we have been at home for the last six months uh, under quarantine. Um, I lost my job through the COVID season. So uh, it's obviously been very difficult. However, uh, the season has been interestingly positive in a lot of ways. Um, One of the reasons uh, we have started volunteering for Unbound And if you're not familiar with Unbound, it's a global anti-human trafficking agency, and it's a ministry of the Antioch churches. And we first heard about Unbound about six years ago at a world mandate, and have been talking and praying about getting involved somehow. And uh, this season became the perfect season to uh, take the leap. So uh, it just so happens that the leadership at Unbound had been praying for business leaders to come forward to help them. And uh, that's exactly what we have been able to offer. Yeah, so for the last probably 20, 25 years, um, Brad and I have kind of worked in the corporate world. Um, We have our MBAs and um, that's where we've developed a lot of skills and the the gifts that God's given us. Um, So to see that being used in Unbound and in kind of a ministry capacity has been really cool. Um, one of the things we've been able to do is we were invited to the Unbound Directors Retreat, which is for the leadership of Unbound, those that have been kind of running offices and getting un- Unbound up and running in different communities. Um, so we were able to sit with the leaders and just talk strategy for like two days straight. Um, and if anybody knows Brad and I, we love strategy. We love processes. We love kind of challenging those and, and coming up with better ways and more efficient Um, ways to do things. So that was super life-giving to us. And um, we can tell it was really encouraging and helpful for the leadership as well to kind of push Unbound to the next level. Um, We've also been able to become certified trainers for the state of Texas in presenting anti-human trafficking 
um, curriculum to schools. So presenting the children and presenting the staff. Um, so that's just one thing I think in the corporate world, we loved rolling out new ideas, um, you know, being in leadership meetings, presenting ideas and, and pushing the teams and educating teams. And that's something we now get to do in schools with the students and teachers and staff um, to really educate them on something so close to the heart of God. Um, so it's really cool to see God use those gifts um, in a different capacity. And you can get involved too. Uh, Antioch Dallas has a prayer room, hopefully you've heard of. Uh, it's virtual right now. Um, but on Fridays, the first and third Friday of every month, from 12 noon to 1 p.m., we are doing intercessory prayer for victims and survivors of human trafficking. And so we'd love to have you join us. All right, that's so cool. They, they had MBAs. They've been working in the business world. They've been developing skill and talent in the marketplace. And then during this COVID season, Brad, uh, unfortunately, loses his job. But even in the midst of that, they sense God leading them into uh, getting involved with Unbound and serving there. This thing that they'd had on their hearts for a while, but the, the, the shutdown, right, created opportunity, created some extra time. So getting involved in serving only to find out that the leaders of Unbound have been praying for people with business background, experience, and gifting to help them in what they were doing. And so being able for Brad Nashie to take those gifts and talents and strengths, cultivate it in the marketplace and use them in this new way. That's so exciting. That's awesome. It's worth celebrating today. Now, the second goal of Prepare the Feast, the second initiative as we're building into this kitchen was to help people not just know about their gifts, but to join a serve team and that we would serve this year. We don't just want to know our gifts, but we want to put our gifts to work for the Lord and for people. And so this year we had uh, around 60 people, 60 new people join a serve team for the first time. That brings kind of the community total up of people involved in serving over this last year to 275 people, 275 adults, serving on teams here together as the church. We're growing as a community of servants. Now, I told you when we were talking about serving that it wasn't like God was saying, hey, I've given you a whole lot and, and you kind of need to give back to someone else. That, that's less the mindset. The mindset that the Lord has, the mindset that Jesus has for us as we serve is not necessarily something he wants from us, but something Jesus wants for us because his life is experienced as we serve. And I want to share a story with you from Heath Hughes, who you probably know as the long bearded drummer on Sundays. I wanted him to share his journey this year in serving and the way that it's really blessed his life, the way that it's benefited him, even as he sought to serve others. Hey Antioch, if you don't know me, my name is Heath Hughes. I have a wife named Mika and a five-year-old son named Isaac. We also have a baby girl on the way in about three weeks. And by day, I work for a software company as a software tester. And by Sunday morning, I play drums here on the worship team. And let me tell you, it's just been an incredible blessing and honor and privilege to serve on the worship team, to 
glorify God by using the gifts that he's given me, the passion for music that he's given me, and also to, to serve the church and enable worship and to worship God. It's been a blessing to, to go home and to meditate on the worship songs that we'll be playing on Sunday. And it's also been a blessing to get to know the rest of the worship team and to make great friends. So I would say that that serving on the worship team has really blessed me and encouraged me far more than than my service has has blessed or encouraged anybody else. So if you are thinking of getting involved in serving in any way, using your gifts or passions to serve, I would encourage you to jump in both feet first and um, just serve God, serve others, and just do it. Keith, I love the story. It's so cool to hear how God is blessing you as you're stepping out to be a blessing to others. And I just want to encourage everyone and honor everyone who has served on one of these teams over this last year, even in the disruption of this year, the number of people that have stepped up to serve the Lord and to serve people. And that brings us to our third point. Our third point is that we weren't just wanting to know our spiritual gifts and to join a team to kind of make our church more comfortable, to make the amenities nicer, uh, to make it just more like warm, that we realize there's a bigger purpose than that. And I've shared with you, the church is the only organization that doesn't exist for the sake of its members, right? Our members are important, but we're not a country club, right? We're here for the Lord and we're here for each other and we're here for our city. And so we talked about taking our spiritual gifts, joining a serve team and together serving the Lord and serving people over the course of this year. And when we counted it up, that uh, the number of people serving and the various teams adds up to 23,000 hours of serving this last year of serving the Lord and serving people from the people of our church. You guys, that is so awesome. Way to go. Way to step out and to serve. And as we've done that, the Lord has impacted people's lives from people opening up their home and opening up their lives and using their gifts for God's glory and the good of others. And so with that in mind, I want to turn your attention to this. Hey, I'm Jason Sudan. Uh, Turner Butts. And uh, Turner and I became friends uh, about two years ago. I, I am a, a builder over here in the Lake Highlands area. And uh, over the last two years, uh, we started uh, building. And uh, when you build, you need lumber. And uh, we needed a good salesman. And so uh, two years ago, we met Turner as a, a lumber salesman. And uh, what really started as just a business relationship of we need a lumber, he provided it. Uh, started becoming a friendship. I would I would go to the, the lumber yard and uh, we just get to know it, each other. Um, he'd hop in the truck and we'd go drive around the lumber yard and just get to hear about who he is. Um, and over that time, uh, we we just started having more and more spiritual conversations. And so uh, I was so pumped because um, I always. I always want to be missional in the business or just in my job. And, uh, and I was actually doing it. 
uh, and I started having spiritual conversations with Turner and uh, they begin to be fruitful. So Turner, where were you at uh, during that two years ago when we met and how all that? So I had a, I had a relationship, but I wouldn't say it was a type of relationship where I would just jump out and say, hey, let me pray for you or let's talk, let's have a spiritual talk. So I felt like um, I was a believer. I went to church, but I didn't have a great connection where I was open to just walking up to a random person and, hey, let's talk about it. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. So during this time, uh, we started grabbing Whataburger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and over that lunch, uh, we started having these spiritual conversations and I asked him, hey, have you ever been discipled? And so uh, he was like, no, and I would like to. And so we started diving a little bit more into the word of God. Oh, yeah. And um, and then uh, you didn't just read stuff, but you started applying it to your oh, life. Yeah. So what, what kind of stuff started happening to you? I just felt like more alive, more open to talking to anyone who was struggling. I had a coworker who was actually struggling. Her son just passed away from uh, COVID and um, she didn't know how to, she didn't know how to handle it or how to grieve properly. And I've never openly prayed over someone. And I just felt like God was calling me, Hey, look, you need to go to this coworker and you need to pray over them and help them. So me and uh, another coworker, we walked over to her office and just openly prayed for her. And uh, it just from there on out and just every day, I feel like I can do more and more and more thanks to you, to opening my eyes to there's more than just reading your Bible. We can apply it to strangers and help strangers get more connected. And That's awesome. Um, and then uh, kind of lastly, it, it turned not only into this discipleship relationship, but a friendship. And oh, yeah. uh, we, I, I get the privilege of getting to marry. Yeah. Y'all became engaged at yeah. that time. Yeah. And so uh, when's the big day? January 9th. We're getting married. So okay. We're going to be the one in between oh, us. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's actually encouraged me more. And with Jason's help, we built, built this relationship. And I'm not afraid to talk to him. I'll call him up at 10 o'clock at night if I'm struggling. And he'll just help me through it. And um, I've been able to spread the word more. And just being, I'm just thankful for Jason to reaching out to me to say, hey, look, where are you at, Spurs? Because if no one did, I'd probably continue where I would go to church or I would read my Bible every now and then. And I wouldn't progress. I felt like I would probably degress and go further down but now that you open the door of hey where are you at spiritually i feel more eager to hey let's go get it and just read more reach out to people who need prayer talk to you about anything you helped me out one night when i needed uh to give another co-worker some guidance and scriptures that would help them and i reached out to you that night and yeah. said hey try this and this and it worked and now I just I'm open to teaching and helping anyone who wants to hear the word and the gospel. It's awesome, man. Anyway, that's our story. Yeah, it's the beginning of it. Yeah, beginning. We'll just grow from here. Hi, church. My name is Cecilia Wright, and I'm Nathan Wright. And uh, we've been coming to Antioch for about two years now, and uh, we have been part of a life group almost ever <clears throat> since we joined the church. And we just want to talk to you a little bit about our experience. 
Yeah, so a uh, life group at Antioch has been so different than any of the other experiences that we've had of community within church. So uh, like my wife said, we've been coming for about two years now. And ever since the first day, I mean, we showed up and it was Thanksgiving dinner yeah. um, was our first small group night. And ever since then, we've just been loved on countless times again and again. Um, there have been times where we've struggled financially and our life group has come together and literally given us money um, to help pay rent and, and things like that. And on top of all of that, I mean, it is literally iron sharpening iron. Um, we've never been part of a group like this that is so impactful um, and genuine, not just in our personal relationships. I mean, these are people that we hang out with just because we like hanging out with them. <laughs> Um, but these, these people and this community has truly helped us grow in Christ. We, we've come to understand who Jesus is and what the church looks like um, just because of the groups that we're part of. Mm-hmm. Right. And it doesn't feel like a duty, like a responsibility. We're just, we have to meet, right? These are our friends. These have uh, become part of our life. Um, we are doing life with these people um and so we wanted to encourage you with that because um i know personally for me it's difficult to jump into something new and be vulnerable with new people um but for us we just felt welcome from the very beginning um and like i said these have become like family now so we highly encourage you if you've been thinking about trying you know should i join a life group we really encourage you especially in this time of covid and, and be lonely so for sure mm-hmm. love you guys love you hi Antioch Dallas I'm Ellen and this is Nathan we're the Shops, and we're excited to share with you a little testimony about kids ministry so as you may or may not know Nathan and I both have business degrees when we were in college we thought the business world was where we were going to be so I was actually an accountant when we got married and arrived at Antioch Dallas And we knew that we wanted to serve the church, and we had spent some time at summer camp, so we thought, you know what, let's serve with the kids of Antioch Dallas. And we loved uh, leading our little third through sixth grade Sunday school class. (laughs) Shout out to Sparrow and the Roby kids were in that class. Um, And then uh, we just really found an anointed fit for us serving with the kids. We loved it every week, and we just really found that we were hitting a stride, that we were really doing something that we were made to do. So lo and behold, a couple months later, opportunity opens up by the Lord's hand for me to step into this role leading elementary kids. And I have just felt like I've discovered what God has made me to do while serving with kids and leading kids at Antioch Dallas. And now, as you may or may not know, we are actually getting ready to church plant over in Southeast Asia, Myanmar. And there's going to be specific opportunities. Kind of the way we got connected with this opportunity in Myanmar is because specifically we're going to be reaching kids. So it just feels like God took us from what we thought our life plan was going to be uh, through serving. We found that kids ministry is just such an important thing for us and something we're made to do. And now we're going to get to take the things we've been working on here uh, at Antioch Dallas, our skills in kids ministry, and apply them overseas among the unreached of the world. So we just want to encourage you 
find a place to serve. You might find your anointed fit and find your calling for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. And we're just excited. We, uh, for those of you who may or may not know, we're in the transition season now leading up to Southeast Asia. So we actually moved out of our apartment this week and we are currently sitting on the back porch of my parents' house down in College Station. And we're now gearing up for about a six week season of a little bit of limbo uh, between different things. We have a church planning school conference in Houston towards the end of October. And then Lord willing, we'd love to move to Myanmar at the end of October, um, pending the border being open due to COVID and all those things. But just excited to get to share with you this morning, church. Just um, so thankful for each and every one of you. Really do encourage you to find a place to serve uh, at the church. Yes, we'll be back in Dallas in October for a couple weeks. So we will see you again. (laughs) We love you so much. Have a great morning. Man, I am so encouraged. I hope you're encouraged today. I hope you're being built up and just able to look back at what God has done over this last year in our midst, even in the midst of all this disruption that we have a lot to say hallelujah for uh, today. I think one of the significant takeaways for me from that is not just about the numbers or about the stories, but it's about the culture shift. Because you'll hear often that American Christianity is defined by consumerism, that it's all about what's in it for us. And it's so amazing as we've responded to the Lord and pressed in to learn how to serve, how that signifies a shift out of what's common into the way of Jesus. Jesus is a servant. And as we've grown as a community and a culture and serving, we're we're moving away from a consumer mentality with following Jesus to a mentality of being genuine disciples and embracing the way of Jesus and embracing the lifestyle of a servant. So I am celebrating today. I hope you celebrate today. Eat some good food. Go find a donut. Uh, We have a lot to be thankful for. Next week, I want to tell you that I'm going to be sharing about what room of the house, so to speak, we're going to be working on and focusing on over the upcoming school year. So I'd love for you to jump back in next week. and We'll be sharing fresh vision about how we're going to be working together as a church to build out this house of sons and daughters who encounter Jesus, practice his ways, and build his kingdom. This home for the Lord's presence and this home for humanity. As we go into a time of worship, let's give thanks to God for all that he has done.